0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans. And today is the feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, ever living God, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of the Universe, Grant, we pray, that the whole creation set free from slavery may render your majesty service and ceaselessly proclaim your praise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
1: Amen. A reading from the second book of Samuel. All the tribes of Israel then came to David at Hebron, Look, they said, we are your own flesh and blood. In days past, when Saul was our king, it was you who led Israel in all their exploits. And the Lord said to you, you are the man who shall be shepherd of my people Israel. You shall be the leader of Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king of Hebron. And King David made a pact with them at Hebron in the presence of the Lord, and they anointed David king of Israel. The word of the Lord.
2: Thanks be to God.
1: Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord.
2: Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord.
1: I rejoiced when I heard them say, Let us go to God's house and now your feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem.
2: Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord.
1: Jerusalem is built as a city, strongly compact. It is there that the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord.
2: Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord.
1: For Israel's law it is, there to praise the Lord's name. There were set the thrones of judgment of the house of David.
2: Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. We give thanks to the Father who has made it possible for you to join the saints and with them to inherit the light. Because that is what he has done. He has taken us out of the power of darkness and created a place for us in the kingdom of the Son that he loves. And in him we gain our freedom, the forgiveness of our sins. He is the image of the unseen God and the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, everything visible and everything invisible, thrones, dominations, sovereignties, powers. All things were created through him and for him. Before anything was created, he existed. And he holds all things in unity now the church is his body he is its head as he is the beginning he was the first to be born from the dead so that he should be first in every way because god wanted all perfection to be found in him and all things to be reconciled through him and for him everything in heaven and everything on earth when he made peace by his
1: death on the cross The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed is he who inherits the kingdom of David our Father. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
0: Alleluia. The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: The people stayed there before the cross, watching Jesus. As for the leaders, they jeered at him. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him too. And when they approached to offer vinegar, they said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging there abused him. Are you not the Christ, he said? Save yourself and us as well. But the other spoke up and rebuked him. Have you no fear of God at all, he said? You got the same sentence as he did, but in our case we deserved it. We're paying for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Indeed, I promise you, he replied, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: So here we are in the last week of the liturgical year. Uh, And it's made abundantly clear by the supermarkets. Advent's arriving, Christmas isn't far away, all the gear is out. Um, And in a short time, our focus will turn toward Bethlehem and the crib. But today, the church urges us to gaze upon Christ's suffering on the cross. And it's quite curious when you think about it. We're celebrating the feast of Christ the King. Surely if we're going to look at Christ in his kingship, we'd be looking at a moment in the scriptures when Jesus' power is most obviously on display. Why doesn't the church put one of the great and powerful miracles of Christ before us? Why aren't we reading about Jesus calming the storm on the Sea of Galilee? What about the multiplication of the loaves and fish, you know, that moment when, you know, the people themselves wanted to take Jesus by force and make him their king? Some great manifestation of Jesus' power, wouldn't that fit better for this feast day? What's most unexpected? Is that the kingship of Jesus is most fully on display as he hangs underneath the sign written over his head, the King of the Jews. Now, we really got to recognize that the cross is an unlikely place to see a king. After 2,000 years of Christianity, we can be tempted to romanticize the crucifixion and call it beautiful, but it was. Not only the most painful and gruesome death, it was also a humiliating one. Crucifixion was reserved only for the worst of offences, like murder or or high treason or insurrection. It was considered such a horrible sentence that only slaves and non-Roman citizens could be condemned to crucifixion. And I mean, now we wear the crucifix as an expression and reminder of God's love and Jesus' sacrifice. And in most crucifixes, the corpus of Jesus is quite serenely on the cross, I suppose. Almost peaceful. But this isn't how the Romans saw it. The Roman philosopher Cicero once wrote, Let the very word cross be far removed not only from the bodies of Roman citizens, but even from their thoughts, their eyes, and their ears. It was the most detestable and shameful sentence dreamt up by the Romans. And on the Feast of Christ the King, the Church asks us to look upon Jesus as he hangs upon the cross, The Church invites us to gaze upon and gather around our King. Now, there's no question that the physical sufferings borne by a person nailed to a cross is overwhelmingly acute and extreme. But the shamefulness of the cross isn't merely in the pain, but also in the powerlessness and humiliation that the crucified man was subjected to with arms outstretched to the horizontal beam and legs nailed to the vertical. A human being is rendered powerless. The Lord Jesus couldn't wipe the blood from his face or the dust from his eyes. He couldn't shield himself from the stones and objects that would have been hurled at him. He couldn't remove the crown of thorns that pierced his head couldn't even scratch an itch the disgrace of the cross was not merely the physical torment but the indignity of utter powerlessness and on the feast of christ the king the church asks us to behold our king not in his power but in his utter powerlessness It's curious then that on this feast day when we praise Jesus for his power and his kingship that we're presented with the absolute opposite. His hands nailed to the cross. The taunts of the chief priests and the soldiers. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. In other words, if you are truly a king, if you are truly invested with power, then act on your own behalf. Save yourself. Makes perfect sense. Wouldn't every king do that? They provoke Jesus. If you are a king, act like one. And I suppose this is what we've come to expect from those who possess human authority, that they'll show their power by acting in favor of themselves and for their own interests. A true king saves himself. And that's the logic of the world and of human power. If Jesus won't save himself, then clearly it's because he lacks the power to save himself. And so the sign above his head is actually just mocking him for his powerlessness. The king of the Jews. If he really were, he'd save himself. What we see happening in this beautiful gospel passage is pure irony. It seems to the crowds... That Jesus remaining on the cross is a sign of his powerlessness. He must not be a king because he doesn't act to save himself. But in this moment of exquisite irony, we see the truth. This is our king. But what he manifests is not power according to earthly logic, but power according to the logic of love. He doesn't display a power that is there to serve himself, but to serve others. And we kind of imagine, well, because he's not there to serve himself, therefore he must not have power and therefore he can't be king. But Jesus shows us the true nature of his kingship because he doesn't use his power to save himself. He remains on the cross and uses his power to save sinners. Jesus' goal is to save us. And so the taunt of the soldiers becomes supremely ironic. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. But it's precisely because he is the king of the Jews that he will not save himself, but instead save everyone else. The onlookers jeering at Jesus expect him to act like an earthly king and to use his power for his own advantage, but that's not our king. That's not Christ the king. They tempt him to come down from the cross and to act for himself, but no. Christ's is a kingship of love. This kingship of Christ is most potently revealed in this moment of his humiliation. He's not a king who seeks to dominate, but to serve. Remember that crucifixion was a punishment reserved for slaves. An earthly king would not only save himself, but would destroy his enemies. But in Christ we see the complete inversion. He saves his enemies and allows himself to fall. Now, there's one figure in the gospel who sees beyond the external appearances of Christ's powerlessness upon the cross. And he does actually see a king upon his throne. The good thief looks at Christ and says to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I suppose we can't know precisely what the good thief knew about Jesus of Nazareth. But one thing we can say for certain is that he sees in the suffering figure on the cross a king coming into his kingdom. And this good thief is placing himself under the lordship of Jesus. He's inviting Christ to reign over him. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Well, this is the invitation that the church makes to us today. Place yourselves under the reign of Christ. With him as our king, with Jesus reigning over us, we form part of the kingdom of God. But the reality is that this is something that rubs against the grain. I have my freedom. I have my autonomy. I want to be answerable to no one. No one should reign over me. We've a deep suspicion of those who exercise power over us. And we've got all sorts of checks and balances to guard against the abuse of power. Because power, according to human logic, is on display. If you're a king, save yourself. Act in your own interests and destroy your own enemies. If you were the subject of such a king, you'd be the beneficiary of his power, only so long as his interests accorded with your interests. But as soon as the interests of the king and his subjects conflict, well, then the king will save himself. But this isn't the logic of the crucified king. He is the king of love, who defies the earthly logic of kingship, precisely to serve and save his people. Now, on a really personal note, there's no risk in subjecting ourselves to such a king. Because the king of love will always seek after our interests, even at the expense of his own. When we place ourselves under the kingship of Jesus, we're opening the doors to Christ who takes nothing from us, but gives us everything. When we look upon the crucifix, we need to acknowledge that this is our King, the King of love. And so let's open our hearts once more. And in humble obedience, place ourselves under his reign of love. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.